Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the program where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this program is to be a source of inspirational truth that will not only awaken a deeper hunger within you for more of God, but also a source of encouragement when it comes to maintaining a deep passion for the Lord. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering practices of the temple, and it reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. I'm so honored. Love Keith, his wife Darla, their family. He's an incredible man of God. He's been running really hard, as always. And um, he made time to come be with us. If we could stand and honor the one and only Keith Collins. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. How many of you love Brian Guerin? Amen. Praise God. Brian and I go back many, many years, back to the Pensacola, Florida days, which is actually my hometown. And Brian and I were both connected through the Brownsville Revival down there and the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry. And just, you know, there's, there's certain relationships that you develop during seasons of your life that are just lifelong relationships. And, um, you know, I really honor this dear brother, honor his faithfulness to the Lord, to his family, and just watch the Lord just bless him as he's raised his children in the house of the Lord and just raised them to be lovers of Jesus and just seeing the hand of God upon his life. I was with him years ago over in um, Cajun country, where he's from, Baton Rouge area, before he moved here to Georgia and was blessed to um, spend some time with him there. And just, you know, I knew that God had promotion. Now listen, whenever we self-promote, it's different, so that's not what I'm doing here, but, but when God promotes someone in God's time, it's really powerful and it's really beautiful and it has eternal ramifications. So I believe that, um, that the Lord has raised up a sin church here, a sin academy. I'm honored to be um, teaching tomorrow night at the school again, but, but just really raised Brian up as really a humble leader. I'm not trying to just build him up, but I've just watched his life and just seen the hand of God on him. So when I come here, I know that Brian's a little bit younger than me. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, I also realize that um, God's really raised him up, I believe, to be a general in this generation, in this hour. So thank you, buddy. I love you, man. Always a blessing to be with you. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. Just just want to recognize just a couple of new friends of mine. I was in... um, in Florida, I'm from Florida, as you know, but I was in Florida a few weeks ago with my family, and we rented a little beach house over on Cape Sandblast, Florida, near Port St. Joe, Florida. 
And I just had the honor to meet a, a dear couple. We were in a little pavilion there looking at the beach and just started talking. So Warren Christian and his wife are here. Just honor these guys. Thank you so much for being here this morning. They happened to be in the area. I told them I was going to be here. So just really blessed to have them here this morning. Amen. Well, listen, I, I will be honest with you. I, I come to you this morning with um, a sense of sobriety and heart. And um, we, we've seen the Lord do some amazing things. I was here, I believe, back in May and after my trip to the Asbury College there. And we've been blessed. I, I told somebody recently, a dear friend of mine who's a pastor, that we've seen more people saved, I mean, really born again in the last year than we've ever seen in our ministry. I was in um, Italy recently, and I was a couple of dear friends of mine, and I was preaching. I did most of the night meetings, and you know there was hundreds and hundreds of young adults and youth in this gathering that I was at, and just watching literally hundreds of Italian young kids and young leaders, young adults just come to the Lord. I was just overwhelmed. I, I remember kind of being in my room at night just weeping because it was so beautiful to see God still delivering and setting the captives free. So, so I, I have a real sense of um, burden upon my heart this morning. Uh, I usually operate in different type of, of giftings, and a lot of times God uses me as a voice to the church, but um, I've kind of been in this evangelistic mode. I felt kind of like Billy Graham over the last eight months, <laughs> just really evangelism, and don't think that I'm going that way totally this morning, but amen. If you are here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, amen. And friend, this is an amazing day to meet him, amen. Praise God. Well, listen to me. I, I want to just share a few thoughts here before I, I minister on what I want to preach on. And I won't be too long today, but, but I feel like I would be amiss if I did not lift up Israel before the Lord this morning. Um, we have friends that are there, friends that are connected there, um, Jewish as well as Arab believers in Jesus who are doing ministry work throughout the land of Israel and some of the surrounding nations. And I just woke up this morning really early um, when I went to bed last night, I, I saw a certain number had, that had been killed, confirmed killed. And this morning, that number has risen to about 600 confirmed. And, and you have to understand, Israel's a nation of about 10 million people. I've been there, but it's not, it's a very small nation. It's amazing how much noise and how much action comes out of that blessed land that the Lord still loves. But it's a very small nation. To get from the top to the bottom doesn't take much time. There's about 10 million people in the land of Israel, which is much, much smaller than America. On 9-11, we lost around 3,000 people or so. So for them to lose that many, and we're sure that number will continue to escalate. I mean, it is mind-boggling when you look at the percentages um, as far as the amount of people in that nation and the amount of people that have succumbed to death. And I just felt like that it would be right and it would honor the Lord for us to pray for Israel this morning. Is that all right? Is that all right, Pastor Brian? Can you just stand with me? And I want to pray, then I'll share what God's put on my heart. Um, some things the Lord just stirred me with this morning the ways that we can pray for Israel. We pray for restoration and reconciliation, that Jewish people in Israel and throughout the world will be restored and reconciled to Yeshua or Jesus. 
the Jewish, he, he was the Messiah to the Jew first, then to the Greek or the Gentile, right? That the Jewish nation, the Jewish people would recognize that Yeshua, that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is their Messiah. And sometimes in the darkest hours is whenever hearts are softened the most. So number two, let's pray for watchmen, that, that God would raise up watchmen in each nation of the world who are dedicated to praying for Israel and the Jewish people. Let's pray for peace and protection, for guidance and wisdom for Israeli and world leaders pursuing peace for Israel in the coming days. Um, let's pray for grace and wisdom as they fight terrorism, radical Islam, and jihad, which is very present there, that all future terror plots would be exposed and stopped, and that terror groups themselves would disintegrate, and that God would just give um, Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu, the Knesset, all those generals wisdom as they move forward in the days ahead. And number five, this is important, that we have fair and honest media coverage because that's usually not the case. Let's pray for clarity in the media to report fully and accurately about Israel and the Middle East conflict, especially as Israel begins to fight back because you're going to see a lot of things polarized. There's going to be a lot of propaganda on the news. It's always that way. Number six, let's pray that anti-Semitism would not arise and that it would be exposed and it's, 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 it's going to rise. It already has, but you'll see it even greater in the days ahead. Pray for Israel's leaders um, and let's pray for the children and for the youth, for the elderly, for the vulnerable. There's a lot of young people, a lot of children that were taken hostage. Some were killed. Again, we're getting reports from people who are actually there. We see what the news is showing, which is bad enough, but it's, friend, it's, it's horrific. I mean, it is egregious, um, the carnage, as well as the abuse. I mean, it is, it's really, really, really bad. And let's pray for this, and then, then I'm going to pray a strong alliance between America and Israel in the days ahead. And I don't just mean saying things. I mean that we realize that this people who were the people of God's first covenant through Abraham, that America will have enough wisdom, godliness, and common sense to stand with the people. Listen, God loves all nations of the earth. We understand that. But we also recognize very clearly, especially even in Romans, that, that there is a future plan for Israel and that God is not done with his people. And I believe the more that we who are called to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that doesn't just mean to pray for the city of David, Jerusalem. Of course, it means that, but it means to pray for the peace of God to reign among the Jewish people. So let us pray for America, for our leaders, um, that, that they would have enough wisdom and understanding that, that America needs to be connected in prayer and resources with Israel. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up the nation of Israel to you today, Lord. Father, we pray for all of those that have lost loved ones, that have lost husbands, wives, children, grandparents, friends, neighbors. Lord, we know the carnage is horrific. And Lord, we also know that the only true peace comes from you.
So in the name of Jesus, in the name of Yeshua, Messiah, in the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we speak peace to Jerusalem. We speak peace from, from Dan to Beersheba. Lord, that throughout that entire nation that you would make yourself known. Father, give wisdom to Prime Minister Netanyahu, to the Knesset, to all factions and parties within that government. Father, we pray that you would arrest their hearts. I pray, God, that even from that governmental body, that they would cry out to Jesus, that they would cry out to Yeshua, that they would realize that their only true hope and their only true refuge is in Jesus Christ and the power of the blood that we sing about this morning. Father, we pray for our President Biden. We pray for the Congress. We pray for the Senate, the House of Representatives. We pray for every, every part of our government, the Pentagon, God, everything that's going to take place in the coming days now. Father, even in the middle of our, our Congress being in a schism and in a, 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 a confused state right now, we pray that you would have your way. And Father, we realize that you raise up the church to pray for the eternal purposes of God in every generation. And I pray today, hear the cry of your people from Conyers, Georgia. We know there's no difference in prayer. And may your power be revealed in the land of Israel. May your power be revealed in the government there. May your power be revealed in the halls of Congress in Washington, D.C. And Jesus, be glorified right now. And do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for praying. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me just encourage you to continue to remain prayerful. I'm not going to tell you that I can say I know what's going to happen, but I tell you one thing I do know. Um, I know that we are in turbulent, challenging times. It's just the reality of the world that we're in. I know we've seen historically, and I, I'm a student of history. I, I write about history. I, I've taught several historical classes in collegiate and college settings, and whether it be church history, world history, religious history, um, whether it be the Roman Empire, the Persian Empire, the Egyptian Empire, the, the Civil War in America, all the stuff that I've studied and, and, and taught on for years. We've seen turbulence many, many times in many, many ways, but I I do believe that we have entered into a different level of turbulence, challenge, um, disorientation, um, ungodliness. Let me just be real honest, demonic onslaught that, that we are, we're in a challenging time. And listen, those of us whose heart are in the Lord, we have peace, right? And I want to encourage you um, to live from that position, to pray from that position. We, we need to have wide eyes and open ears, understanding that, that the day is dark, that, that the times are challenging. At the same time, we rest in the fact that we know Jesus, that we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. And no matter what happens, no matter where our nation goes, and, and, and America needs revival. We need awakening. We know that. There are many things that we are seeing in our generation that 40, 50, 60 years ago, we would have never even thought about. I, I told a pastor recently, my, my grandmother, who was a, a dear 
faithful Southern Baptist woman down in Pensacola, Florida. She loved the Lord. And I, I know that if my grandmother, who's been with the Lord now for over 30 years, if she were to wake up and come into this generation, there would be things that she would see just on TV that she would have never even mentioned throughout her entire life. So I understand that there are great challenges that we are facing, that we are looking at in America at the same time. I also know that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, that I don't live from a place of fear, but I live from a place of readiness where I know that the voice of God is available to those who know him. And listen, this is our hour to shine. Do you realize during World War II, there was, um, there was a dear intercessor by the name of Reese Howe, someone's Anybody heard of Reese Howell's Intercessor? It's a great book. Reese Howell's was located in Swansea, South Wales. I've been to his place a few times over the years. And it was in that place in Swansea where the Lord got a hold of Reese Howell's and he called together a prayer meeting during World War II and began to pray for God to, to foil the plans of the Nazis and things like that. And you can literally look at the history of those prayer meetings and you can see where the Lord was directing their prayers. Well, I believe as we look at the condition whether it's in Ukraine, whether it's in Israel this morning, whether it's in the United States of America, that, friend, we have a main role to play, and that is to be a people from peace praying the purposes of God in our generation. So let me just encourage you to stay prayerful, amen, to stay diligent and to stay alert. And that brings me to my text this morning. Go with me to the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter, please. Hebrews chapter 10 this morning. I will be honest with you. Um, due to the things that have happened over the last 24 hours or so in Israel, the Lord's kind of arrested my heart with this theme in a fresh way. So this is probably something different than I would have shared, even though, of course, I'll bring some of the elements that I wanted to share into this. But, but I want to really encourage and challenge us this morning with the word of the Lord, because I believe this, this meeting is so important. Um, some of you just maybe thought you came because you like Brian or you like the worship. Wasn't the worship awesome this morning? Where's our sister at? Where is she? Amazing. I mean, just so awesome. Such a blessing to be in the presence of the Lord. But um, we do come for the worship, of course. That's paramount. That's, it's, it's like a climax experience in our lives. But at the same time, I also know that God has some, I believe, blueprints that he wants to set before us this morning. And that there is action for us to be involved in, in this generation and in this hour of history in our nation and in the nations of the world. Hebrews chapter 10 um, let's pick this up in verse 35. We know that this letter, whether some people think Paul wrote it, we're not sure. A lot of the, the language is Pauline or it sounds like Paul possibly, but anyway, that, that's not really what I'm going to talk about here. However, we know that the letter's powerful. It's written to Christians who have already gone through some obvious challenges, persecution. Um, you know, we read Hebrews 11, the next chapter, which is called the Hall of Faith. And it talks about those that were literally sawed in half and those that were in caves. And, and I, you know, I was in the catacombs a few weeks ago in Italy and saw where some of the, the early church lived among the, you know, among the really 
tombs. It was where they would bury bodies, and the church went into hiding in some of these places during different times of history. So when we read Hebrews 11, we're reading about a people who have known persecution. And, and as this writer is writing Hebrews in chapter 10, you're hearing him talk to people who've been through some things, but he's encouraging them with these words. He says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, And I'm taking my text from here this morning. For you have need of endurance. Why? So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise for yet a little while. And he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. The writer says, you have need of endurance. Another word we could put there is perseverance. Now, why is he telling the church this? I believe he was writing at this time, and of course, we know that it speaks into our generation because the writer recognized the pressure that often comes as we walk with the Lord. And there is a tendency to respond to circumstances through our, I'll say, our empirical senses, what we see, what we hear, what we feel, right? Instead of through our walk, our our relationship with Jesus Christ. So the writer here is saying, listen, you have need of perseverance. You have need of endurance. There are things going on in your life and in the world that you're in that you need to understand that it's not just going to be some easy experience, but you've got to be willing to stand for truth, even when truth is not popular. Amen. And I believe that we have come to that place, even in the United States of America. You know, I've, I've been blessed to, as many of you know, or some of you know, to preach around the world. I've been, I've been in 38 different nations over the years. And some of those nations are not very friendly to the gospel. Matter of fact, some are very hostile to the gospel. And, you know, we've been in a couple of situations in different parts of the world and um, Turkey and a couple of different places where it got pretty ominous a couple of times. But I, I knew that these saints, this church, these people that were located in this, they weren't just having a Sunday morning experience with Jesus, Every day of their lives, because they claimed that Jesus Christ was their Lord, they had need of endurance. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in America totally. I I will tell you that we have seen things happen and we have heard things even in recent years, especially the last 10, 15 years, that, that we would have never thought we would have heard years ago. But there is clearly a hostile movement against the gospel of Jesus Christ in this nation that we live in. In the midst of that, again, we don't live in fear. We don't live in trepidation. At the same time, I want to tell you something, friend. You have need of perseverance, of endurance. As the writer in Hebrew says, we have to be a people who know in whom we have believed and we know the one that we believe in. It's not an hour just to know about Jesus. It's not an hour just to 
tell me how granny loved Jesus and grandpa loved Jesus and therefore everything's fine. No, friend, this is an hour for you to know Jesus. This is an hour for you to be a person of prayer. This is an hour for you to be a person of diligence, for you to have the fear of God, as we've already heard this morning, in your life. And I'll tell you, in, in the last several months, as, I have, as I've traveled, I've really noticed two things. I've, I've noticed this rise of, of darkness, even within a lot of the church. I've noticed a sense of tolerance, even towards perversion, even in some of the church. At the same time, I've noticed the Lord arresting hearts in this generation in a powerful, powerful way. How many Auburn fans do we have here this morning? <laughs> I'm not one either, but anyway, I'm just, I'm just asking. <laughs> well, Jesus is a fan of Auburn. <laughs> few weeks ago, they baptized over 100 young people who came to Jesus at Auburn University, a secular college in Auburn, Alabama. And I, I've heard from folks that are close to that. It wasn't just some little, you know, come to, no, these kids were touched by the power of God. And through repentance, they came to Jesus and they publicly were baptized at the college campus in front of all their friends. My point is this, in the midst of the darkness, friend, God is moving in this generation. As I look at your faces this morning, I see hunger for Jesus. I see people who are not ashamed of the gospel. I see people who understand that, that we have need of endurance. And even in the midst of the cultural shift that we have seen, in America over the last several years, in a time where really, if we look at our society, it's kind of imploding upon itself. Listen, when I have studied the, the Roman Empire, who was really at one time the, the most mighty military force and political force on the earth. I mean, they, they conquered a large part of the world. I've, I've been into northern Scotland, where the Romans actually built a huge wall all the way into Scotland. I mean, they really conquered such a large part of the world. But let me tell you what destroyed the Roman Empire. It wasn't their lack of money. It wasn't their lack of ownership of property. It wasn't their, their lack of military might and horses and chariots and, and soldiers. But what, it, what destroyed the Roman Empire was perversion. And it literally imploded upon itself. I've been to places like Pompeii where orgies were celebrated. And, and I'm not trying to be mean, but you have to understand this is what destroys a culture where homosexuality was celebrated and all of these things. And what happens over time when you so violate the principles of the word of God, a culture begins to implode upon itself. And it begins to become destroyed. When I look at the nation of America, and I, I know, friend, that there has been an insidious attack against the family in our nation for decades now. It's been very, very um, blatant through the education system, through politics, through many other ways. And the assault is to destroy the family, the nuclear family. Listen, the enemy knows if he can destroy the family, he can destroy the nation. 
Why is it that America needs awakening and revival? Not so our churches will be full. I mean, God do that, but so that families can be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and make a difference in our generation. You see, we have need of endurance. We are in a time, the family's under siege, the creative order of male and females under siege. God's pattern for marriage is under attack. Listen, basic honor and respect are becoming obsolete. My brother teaches in a public high school in Florida. You know, I'm not old, but I'm not a kid anymore. I'm 55 years old with eight grandchildren. Can I tell you something? When I was in high school, if I would have stood up and cussed one of my teachers out, not only would I have my tail torn up at school, but my stepdad would have did a lot more than that when I got home. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at keith-collins.org or impactgf.org. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. God bless you.